Thank you, Bray. That was a beautiful message and song. And it's very fitting for this morning. You can move it. Yeah. I know I'm soft-spoken, but I don't think I need two microphones. <laughs> well, it is a, a fitting song for this morning as we're going to be in a, a passage uh, from Luke chapter 2 about what she just sang about the shepherds and the uh, the angels coming to them in, in the field that night, in the night that Jesus was born. Uh, before we get into the service, I just have a, a few announcements and uh, things that we can be praying for. Uh, of course, you should have received the, the bulletin this morning, and uh, you can put your information for those of you who are first time here or first time in a long time. Uh, put your information. We have a gift for you. Uh, and Also, there's a place where you can put your prayer request, and you can indicate whether it is uh, something just for the pastors or something public that we could be praying for on the phone tree. Uh, and some of the, the needs that we can be praying for this morning, uh, as some of you may have seen the, uh, this morning, uh, a prayer for the McDaniels, as uh, Russell's McDaniels has still been struggling with swelling, and, uh, and Judy's also been having trouble with uh, her hands. And so be keeping them in prayer. Uh, we'll also be praying for uh, Ted. I know that he's had some procedures uh, this past week, and so just pray for his recovery uh, for Ted and, and Mary, and uh, also for Aaron as he's traveling, uh, him, and, him and the family. As, uh, speaking of travel, it's good to see uh, Morgan here with us, and uh, she's back from San Diego in town, and so we're glad to have her here with us. And then, of course, praying for the, um, the pastoral search committee and the, the associate pastor, and that God would uh, bring who he has for that, um, for that position. So I'm going to uh, open us in prayer, and if you'll join me in prayer for, for these things. Lord, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for us being able to, to worship you and uh, for this, this time of, of Christmas. Uh, thank you for your birth, Jesus. I thank you for, for what that means and um, that because of, of your love and because you came and dwelt among us and that you, you gave your life for us, um, that we can rejoice and, and know that um, that you love us with an everlasting love and that and that you have made a way for us to have a relationship with you Lord and so we we pray for these needs that uh, we've mentioned this morning for the McDaniels for uh, the my sex uh, for the the traveling of, of uh, Aaron and for the, the position uh, of the the associate pastor Lord and we just lift up these prayers to you uh, and we give you the glory, Lord, and pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, seeing as the, the children have already gone to their classroom, it looks like we won't do the children's box, which, I'll be honest, was kind of uh, a little bit of a breather for me. I was like, I asked uh, Pastor Aaron before we, uh, when I was preparing for the sermon, I was like, how do you prepare for that? He says, you don't. You don't know what they put in that box. And so I was stressing about that, but I guess the Lord knew that, so he decided to take that off the plate. So so we'll wait till next week for, for that one. Uh, so, but we do have, uh, uh, like I said, we'll be in this morning, we'll be uh, in Luke chapter 2. So if you, you'll go ahead and uh, turn with me there to Luke chapter 2. And we'll be reading verses uh, 1 through 20. 1 through 20. And as, as I said, this is uh, the Christmas story. And so we're going to 
start in verse 1. Uh, this is when, uh, in the days, in those days, of a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And, that, and while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloth and lied, laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told them. So how many of you have gone to one of those nativity scenes where they, they reenact the the story of, of Jesus and his birth, and uh, they dress up, and uh, sometimes there's live animals there. Uh, anybody been to one of those? Okay, so, so you all you know what I'm talking about. So last night, uh, Eric and I took the boys to, to one of those, and, uh, and it was a, a great, a great um, you know, presentation. They, uh, they did really well. They uh, had, you know, everybody was dressed up. They had, uh, they just share the Christmas story, which it was beautiful. Uh, of course, uh, there was a, a trek that you kind of had to go around. And so, you know, as you know, it, it rained earlier this week. So rain plus dirt equals mud. So, you know, we're kind of walking through the mud to you go through this, this, uh, this tour. And, you know, strollers are a no-go for mud. So we're, we're carrying the, the boys uh, as we walk around this. And, and, and at one point, you know, it starts, I don't see what I'm doing, and, and I step in, into, right into a, a mud puddle. And so I go to step out, and my foot comes out, but my shoe stays in. So now I've got my shoe stuck in the mud. I've got jet in my arms, and I, I, I go back to the mud, you're kind of hopping because I won't, don't want to get mud on my sock. And I, I put my foot back in the shoe, and I'm kind of trying to wiggle it in there, course everybody's looking at me like it looks like I'm playing in the mud like wiggling my foot in there and so then you know we we go further out and then we see uh the live animals well of course you know as soon as Jet hears the the sheep bleat he wants to go mingle with with the the flock there and so I'm trying to 
hold him, keep him from running off to the sheep. And, uh, and so we just had an, and it, was, it was an eventful night. And then by the end of it, we, uh, we kind of get done and we're able to put the boys down. And, and my wife and I are, are kind of moaning about our, our backs, our arms. And I, I was thinking to myself, man, either they're getting heavier or we're getting older or a little bit of both. But today I want to look at that Christmas story, that nativity scene, and kind of walk through it and, and look at more in depth what, what all was going on there, as we just read about. And uh, don't worry, we're not going out there. I don't have a, a little trek for us. Although, knowing the people we have here, I would have no problem getting live animals. Uh, we, we've got a lot of people with live animals here, don't we? So as we look at this, let's, uh, let's start at the, the beginning. But first, let's get a little bit of the context. So as we see, uh, there, Caesar Augustus uh, ordered that there should be, everybody should be registered. So you can kind of think of this as uh, like a consensus, like the uh, Census Bureau having a consensus. They want to know who's, who's where and uh, just kind of get, get an account for everybody. So because of that, Joseph goes uh, to... Judea, the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, and because he's of the house and lineage of David. So in verse 4, there's already two prophecies being fulfilled in, in that verse. Uh, you see, Joseph has to go to Bethlehem, city of David, because he's of, of the house and lineage of David. Well, the Old Testament talks about Jesus, you know, the Messiah is going to be born in Bethlehem, Micah 5.2, and it speaks much about the Messiah being from the line of David. So, in just in this one verse, we already have some prophecies being fulfilled in, as, a, as it comes to pass. And, by the way, Bethlehem means a house of bread. That's, that's the literal meaning, if you translate it literally, house of bread. So it's interesting that Jesus, who referred to himself as the bread of life, was born in the house of bread. So that's, that's where Jesus was born, and then it says in verse 6, While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the end. So as we look at the different characters and the different people in this Christmas story, I want us to look at what did they have, what did they not have. And we've been going through this series in Advent of this looking at you know, the in-between. That's what Advent means, the in-between. So this is Jesus' first coming, and then here we are in the in-between before his second coming. So we've looked at, you know, Pastor Aaron has gone over hope, peace, love, and today we're going to be focusing more on joy. Joy. So when we read through this story, I want you to look through the lens of joy. Where, where do you see joy uh, being displayed in this passage? So, so as we look at what they had and what they didn't have, the first stop in this little nativity scene here that we're going to be looking at is right here in verse 7. There was no place for them in the end. So right from the get-go, there's no, there's no room for Jesus. There's no place for him in the end, which is what led them having to go out in, into the, the stable and the manger uh, because there was no place at the beginning. But this was not a surprise to God. This was, this was not anything new thrown upon him. In fact, it was already prophesied 
uh, long, long before that. It says that in uh, John, John 1, that he came to his own, and his own did not receive him. In Isaiah 53, it says, He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. So, you know, we, we sing the song, Joy to the world, the Lord has come, let earth receive her king. Well, in this, this moment, earth did not receive her king. The Lord had come, joy did come to the world, but, but it was not received. Uh, as he came to his own, his own did not receive him. He was despised and rejected. And actually, the song, Joy to the World, which was written in the 18th century, was not even originally written about Jesus' birth, the incarnation. It was actually, the writer was writing about the second coming, the time when the Lord will come and earth will receive her king. He'll come in his, his splendor and glory. But in this moment, when he came as a little baby, there was no place for him in the end. So, so the first glimpse that we're getting at this story is what, what they didn't have, what the world, what the end did not have, and that was room. There was no room for him in the end. Now, even though there was no room for him, he always has room for us. Even when there's, there's no room in the end, there's always room at the cross. And so, we can see the contrast. And you're going to see a lot of contrasts in the stories uh, between two different things. As we continue on, in verse 8, it says, in that same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. So the shepherds are out there in that same region, and they're watching their, their flock. So we've seen you know, that this is, this is what's going on here. What did the, the shepherds have? What was uh, going, going for them? Well, they had their sheep. They're watching their sheep that night. What did they not have? Well, they didn't have position. They were kind of at the bottom of... The, the totem pole in society. They were not regarded. They were uh, not even able to have, uh, their testimony was not allowed to be uh, presented at court. So they didn't even take their word. Uh, so they didn't have a voice. And it's interesting that, that it's the shepherds that God sends his angel to. And we're going to look at the angel next. But the, the fact that God sends shepherds the angels, the shepherds, the ones that didn't really have a voice. Um, that's something that God does throughout the Bible. Uh, in fact, fast forward all the way to you know, the resurrection. The first witnesses of the empty tomb were women, and, and they too in those, in those times did not have, their, their word was not valued, and they did not have a voice, and their testimony was not well received. But that's the way that, that God differs in that he is, is, invites anybody and everybody to be part of his story, to to get to see what he's doing, and to get to share what he's doing. So we have here the shepherds in the field watching the flock by night. And so then the angel of the Lord appeared to them, verse 9, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. So here, here's the first contrast here. We have... Shepherds, it's, it's a dark night. They're just watching their sheep. It's quiet. And all of a sudden, an angel shows up out of nowhere, and he, he 
shows what the glory of the Lord shines around him. So you contrast this lowly group of shepherds with this glorious angel, and all of a sudden, you know, it, it flips. It's, the script flips, and now here they are in the presence of, a, of an angel. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. So, th- does this sound familiar where you know, the angel has to tell them, it's okay, fear not, do not be afraid. We see this a lot throughout the, the Gospels. That's something that Jesus would do time and time again. You know, the disciples would get afraid whether they saw him walking on the water um, or they you know, saw him appear after the, the uh, resurrection. And he would continually remind them, fear not, do not be afraid. Well, here God has his angel doing the same thing for the shepherds. And it tells us two things. One, it tells us he gets us. He knows when we're afraid. He knows what's going on in our hearts. He knows when we're, when we're fearful, when we're scared. But more than that, not only does he get us, but he comforts us. He says, fear not. Do not be afraid. He helps us to not be afraid. So the, the, the angel says, do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy for all people. Good news, great joy, all people. I want you all to do this with me. This is going to get some emotion going here. So, good news. Do, do it with me. Good news. Good news. Great joy. you got joy in your heart. Great joy, all people. Good news, great joy, all people. Okay? That's, that's what the angel tells them. I've got good news, great joy for all people. So, we see good news. That's what gospel literally means. When we say the gospel, it literally means good news. Great joy, there's our theme, joy. You, joy joy has come to the world for all people. All means all, and that's all all means. So good news, great joy, all people. So what is it? What's the, this good news, this great joy for all people? Well, the angel tells them in the next verse. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. So this is the moment that we've all been waiting for. This is the fulfillment of the law and the prophets. This is the Messiah that's been prophesied all throughout the Old Testament. This is Emmanuel, God with us. This is the mighty God, everlasting Father, wonderful Counselor, Prince of Peace. And he's right here, right now. because They're in that, that region, and he's being born that day. So that's, that's what the angel tells them. That's what the angel tells the shepherds. He says, this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. So it shows the humility of Jesus. He, he's in cloths, lying in a manger. Because again, there was no room in the end. And then verse 13, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And I, as I was reading over this, I, I kind of, one of my trains of thoughts was, you know, why did the, the multitude wait until, like, after, you know, the uh, angel shares all this, and then all of a sudden, like, a, a multitude appears and starts praising God with them. And 
my thinking was that if the shepherds freaked out like they did just because one angel appeared, they probably would have had a heart attack if they all came all at once. So I think that the angel had to come, calm their nerves, settle them down, and say, listen, it's okay, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm an angel sent from God. And then once they were settled enough, then the rest of them could say, okay, now we can join in and, and worship. And so the, the, that's what the, they all come together and they, they multitude of heavenly hosts praising God. And they're saying, glory to God in the highest. So here's another contrast. It's, it's pointing to the glory of God in the highest. And then he, he starts talking about earth and on earth, peace on earth. And sometimes we get this reverse because it goes in that order. Glory to God in the highest, peace on earth. Well, sometimes we try to reverse that and say, well, let's bring peace on earth and then God will get glory through that. But it doesn't go in that order. If we, we try, we can strive to bring peace on earth and not have uh, God be part of it and we're going to strive and to no avail and there will be no peace, no peace on earth. The glory comes first. If we keep our eyes on God first, then he will bring the peace because he is the prince of peace. So glory to God in the highest, peace on earth. And you, you think about it, you know, imagine that you're, you're living in a land and you have a perfect king. The king, he reigns perfectly. And he, he knows exactly how to, how to rule and, and take care of all the affairs and, and everything's perfect. Well, imagine that, you know, the people say, well, we want the king, you know, we want to, uh, to do well for the king, so let's, let's kind of self-govern and, you know, figure it out and how to, you know, take care of ourselves, and then the king will, I mean, he'll be pleased and he'll, he'll just, um, just be, appreciate how we've, we've come together and, and made this work. Well, if, they, if that's the way that it went, it won't be long before the people will start, you know, missing the mark, and they're going to start um, floundering, and 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 the king's going to say, "I already had this in place. I already was reigning, ruling perfectly. You know, I didn't need you to start trying to figure out how to, you know, put your your hand in in this and and figure out how to, you know, rule and uh, reign over over this land." Well, in a sense, that's kind of what, what you know, is taking place in, in a lot of times is where we have the Prince of Peace. Jesus referred to as the Prince of Peace. He knows how to reign perfectly. And he says, you know, you trust in me. You come to me, I will give you peace, he says. In fact, he makes a point to say in John 14, he says, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So we go to the Prince of Peace. He's the source of peace. He's the one that brings peace. Peace with God. Peace with, with uh, fellow man. Uh, he's, he is our peace, our perfect peace. And the Bible says that he keeps him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. So if you keep your eyes on him, the glory of God, then that's where the peace comes from. So continuing on, the angels went away from them into heaven, and the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So anytime God speaks, 
God you know, does something, it demands a response. You know, the shepherds, imagine the shepherd said, well, this is, this is great, you know, let's, uh, let's get a Hallmark card and send it to Mary and Joseph and congratulate them on the birth of their baby, and, you know, you know that's, that's wonderful. Or they could have said, well, we, our, our testimony isn't even received. You know, if, if we say, well, we saw an angel and that you know, he told us about the birth of Jesus, if they, they, they don't like us already, they're definitely not going to like us then. And if anything, they may put us in the, the cuckoo clock or we're, we're not even going to be able to even be allowed. We'll be ostracized. But no, they didn't. They went and they, they said, let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened. You see, it's easier to steer a moving car than a parked one. So when the shepherds heard it, they went. They responded. And not only that, but it says, verse uh, 16, and they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. So they went with haste. So not only keep the car moving, but keep it moving fast. They went with haste. And you know, that's, it's interesting that, you know, the birth of Jesus, they're hastily making their way there to see him. But, you know, that's actually something that happens again after his, his death in the tomb. Remember in, in John chapter 19 where you know, John and, and Peter were running to the tomb because they, they wanted to see that empty tomb. So you have people running to... To Jesus when he's born, you have him running to the tomb when he has, has risen. So the the angels, they, they have left. The shepherds go over to uh, see Mary and Joseph lying in a manger. And they when they saw it, verse 17, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. You know, I think that it's also worth noting that they they stepped out in faith. You know, because again, for them to go and, and share this, uh, that that took uh, some faith, that took uh, courage and boldness. And I think that in the Bible, you know, we see those times where God calls on people to have faith, to to have boldness. And so, it the shepherds and and them going, uh, they they showed that they're trusting in what this angel has said. And, you know, it's, it's also when we have an opportunity to share and, and to say, hey, look at what Jesus is doing or look what, um, look what God, the work that God is doing, then we have an, op, an op, uh, opportunity to share and show, you know, be part of that story, just like this, the shepherds were part of the, that story and got to see the birth of Jesus, the one that they've been waiting for all this time. And when we do that, Others will see, you know, they, it says that when they saw it, they made known what had, the saying that had been told them concerning the child, and all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. So it causes a ripple effect. The angels tell the shepherds, the shepherds go on and tell the people, uh, and we see that also in, in the, uh, the Bible, you know, when Jesus talked to the woman at the well, after their conversation, she went out and told, told the people, and, and, and you know, all that, that he had done. Uh, when Philip was uh, the disciple, he, he came to Nathaniel and 
in uh, John chapter 1, and he says, we found Jesus and uh, the Messiah, the one that the prophets spoke about. And Nathaniel's response was, can anything good come out of Nazareth? So he was, he was met with opposition. And you know what Philip said? He didn't say, well, let me explain to you, or, well, listen here. He just said, come and see. Come and see. And that's what Nathaniel did. He came and went and saw him, and then Jesus said to Nathaniel, I saw you under the fig tree, and, and you know, behold, an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. And right then, just that one moment, Nathaniel says, You're, you are the, the living God. You are the Son of God. And in, at that point, Jesus now is saying, you believe me because I just because I said I saw you under a fig tree. You're going to see even greater things than this. You'll see the angels ascending and descending, uh, the the ladder and, and Jacob's ladder. And but the point is that Philip just said, "Hey, let me show you what God's doing. Let, come and see what God is doing." And what you know, Philip could have tried to you know get Nathaniel on board, but he said, "Just just come and see. God can speak for Himself." Uh, Spurgeon said that. Uh, a lion doesn't need to be defended. You know, the lion, just let the lion out of the cage and he knows what to do. So that's, that's what we see here. But the other thing is that, and you know, I think a lot of times we kind of give the disciples a hard time. Like, didn't they know, like, why didn't they know that, that Jesus was going to multiply the bread? Or why didn't they know that he was going to calm the storm? But sometimes we don't give them enough credit, I think, for the times when they did actually show some strong faith. And I know sometimes I've read through and, I, and I'm thinking, man, I'm not sure I would have responded that way. I think two instances that I, I think of uh, in particular are um, leading up to the crucifixion. Uh, first, Jesus tells the disciples, I want you to go. You, you're going to find a colt. You're going to find a donkey. It's never been ridden before. He's going to be tied up to a post. I want you to go untie him and bring him to me. That's what I'm going to ride. I'm going to ride that donkey uh, for the triumphal entry. He doesn't say whose donkey it is, where the donkey comes from. And, and then he does tell them, if somebody asks you, hey, why are you untying this donkey? Just tell them the Lord needs it. That, that's it. And they'll, they'll let you have it. And I'm thinking to myself, man, if I'm the disciples, I, I want to have a little bit more to say than that. Like, the Lord needs it. They're not going to give me their, their donkey for just because I say that. The disciples did it. And, and sure enough, the, they gave... The donkey was given to them, and uh, and they Jesus used it for the triumphal entry, and also in uh, the preparing of the, the the Lord's Supper, you know, the, the Last Supper, uh, he tells them go to this man and tell him we need to use your house, use a room in your house for our our Last Supper. Just tell him that that's what we need, and again they did it. And I'm thinking to myself, well, I'd have to, you know, make sure I have a reservation and that they understand like what this is for but they they just took Jesus at his word so yeah they had their moments where they didn't show faith but they had their moments when they did and in this moment the the shepherds are showing faith so in verse 18 and all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them but Mary treasured up all these things pondering them in her heart you know there's only one letter difference between wonder and ponder and that's what we see here, a contrast. The, all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them, but Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. 
See, when you wonder something, that's more fleeting, like a passing thought. Like, I wonder what I'm going to have for lunch today, or I wonder what I'm going to do this evening. But when you ponder something, you actually reflect on it. You take time to let it sink in and, and in your heart, and you, you actually uh, let that marinate. And, and that's what Mary was doing. She was pondering them in her heart. And in fact, this chapter goes on to mention other times when Mary and Joseph had those kind of responses. In verse 33 of this chapter, Luke 2, after Simeon had blessed Jesus and held him in, uh, in the temple, it says, verse 33, and his father and mother marveled at what was said about him, about Jesus. And towards the end of the, the um, chapter of Luke 2, it says, after Mary and Joseph had left and they uh, left Jesus in the temple and lost him for a few days, didn't know where he was, they came back and Jesus said, did you not know I was being in my father's house? Well, in verse 51, after Jesus said that, it says that his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. So Mary continually had this, this attitude of treasuring and pondering and, and letting the things that God was doing, she was in awe of God. She was in awe and, uh, of what God was doing in her life and the way that he was working and, and the way that she, she saw Jesus, um, you know, the Savior right before her. And so I think that that's a good reminder for us to not, we shouldn't ever lose that sense of awe, of that sense of just amazement and what God is doing and uh, you know, the, the way that he is working and, and the way that he continues to work in our lives. So the, the shepherds, they, they've shared, and it says that they, uh, in verse 20, the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. So the shepherds, they, they basically followed what the angels, the angels are glorifying God. The shepherds go on and, and, and they start to glorify God and, and praise Him and share Him. And it's, it's a ripple effect. Uh, Jeremiah uh, refers to it as a fire in his bones. I mean, there's uh, a hymn that says, How can I keep from singing? When God's you know, touched your heart and your life, it should cause that, you know, that kind of uh, overflow in your life to where it, it shines in others, uh, in others' lives. And, and that ripple effect continues to go on. As we see is evident here in, in this, this story. And so, as we look at joy, you know, this, we can see a picture of joy here. The angels are rejoicing, the shepherds are rejoicing, Mary and Joseph are rejoicing. You know, there's rejoicing. Joy is here. First Peter says that he called it joy unspeakable and full of glory. So I want to circle back to where you know we had started off, and that's looking at the fact that there was no place in the end. Because I shared earlier in John uh, 1.11, it says, He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But I'd like to look at the next verse now. That's verse 12, John 1.12. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. So that, that hymn that I mentioned earlier, Joy to the World, 
The Lord has come, let earth receive her king, let every heart prepare him room, heaven and nature and sing. Well, joy to the world, the Lord has come. We, we saw that in this passage. Earth will one day receive her king again uh, when Jesus comes back in the second coming. Heaven and nature are already singing. You see the angels, angels of heaven are singing. The question is, has your heart prepared him room? Revelation 3.20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. So that that's where there's there may not be room for him in the end, but like I said, there's always room for us at the foot of the cross. And it's up to us whether we, we have that room in our heart to say you know, that we receive him. He said, I knock at the door. If you open the door, I'll come in and be with you. And Peter says that we can be sure that that joy will be unspeakable and full of glory. So you see, there's three of the major events in, in uh, this story and throughout you know, the, the Bible. You see Bethlehem, that's God with us. He came and dwelt with us. You see in Calvary, that's God for us. He died, gave his life on the cross for us. And in Pentecost, when he said, Jesus told, said, I'm going to go away, but I will not leave you comfortless. I will send the Comforter, the Holy Spirit. You know, and then Pentecost, he sent the Holy Spirit to be dwell within us. So Pentecost is God in us. We have Bethlehem, God with us. Calvary, God for us. And, and Pentecost, and today, this in between, God in us, God living in us. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. Now you are the light of the world. Let your light shine for others that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So these shepherds, they, they did that. They let their light shine. They, they went forward and, and shared. And so I think one of the, the prayers that we, you know, that I sometimes will read, you know, old, old prayers that have been prayed, uh, you know, that have been written down and prayed and, uh, through the church and, and history. And uh, one of them is a, uh, a prayer that uh, is an old Anglican prayer, and I'll, I'll share what the the words were. It says, "Father, what we know not, teach us; what we have not, give us; what we are not, make us." I think that that's a prayer that we can have this Christmas season. What we don't know, teach us. God teach us. What we don't have, give us. Lord, give us this day our daily bread. And what we are not, make us. And you know, we, our prayer is that he makes us to be more like him and to, to shine bright for him just as these shepherds did. And so, I'm going to invite uh, Lori to come up, come up here and, and play. And, um, and I'll, I'll close in prayer. And, but I just want you to take that time and and reflect on what is God teaching you? What has God given you in this Christmas season? You know, we have time to just thank Him for all of our blessings. What is He making us? And as you reflect on you know, the, the, like Ray's song said, the, the reason for the season, what this is all about, just remember that you know 
it's glory to God in the highest, on earth peace among those whom he pleased. We've got good news, great joy, all people. So let's share that good news. Let's share that joy with all people. So I'll, I'll, uh, I'll go ahead and, and close us in prayer here. Lord, thank you for this morning and thank you for us being able to, to come before you and, and worship you. And Thank you for this story of, of Christmas and what that means for us um, that, you, that you came and dwelt among us and that you would one day uh, give your life as a ransom and that we may be forgiven and saved. So we thank you for Bethlehem. We thank you for Calvary. We thank you for, for Pentecost. God, I pray that you will continue to make us to be more like you and, and that you, your light will, will shine bright in our lives and, and that we'll be like the shepherds and go on and, and share that joy that we have found in you. The hope, the joy, the peace, the love, all of it found in you. We pray for uh, each and every one of us this, this Christmas season. We, we love you, Lord. We give you the glory. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.